0: My name is Thais Gibson and I'm the co-owner and creator of the Personal Development School. This is your daily breakthrough video. And in this video, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to tell a dismissive avoidant about attachment theory and perhaps about their attachment style. Um, So this is a question I get all the time. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to put videos together about this because there actually is a really profoundly different approach you want to take dependent on what someone's attachment style is. Okay. So um, let's look at the dismissal avoidance specifically. Well, a few things we know about dismissive avoidance is that they like to operate most so as a general rule, this won't always be the case, but largely is from their mental faculties, right? They're like not so much in their body, like grounded and rooted, and they're not so much like in their emotional state, right? They're not like feeling all their feelings and emotions, they tend to have those repressed, and they tend to feel safe being really in their head, right? Like operating from a place of intellectual conversations as opposed to emotionally connected conversations and vulnerability. So so what we wanna do is capitalize on that, number one, right? We wanna understand DAs like to learn. Number two, we wanna realize that dismissive avoidance are very sensitive to criticism. It's very painful for them. Dismissive avoidance respond to criticism, often the way that anxious preoccupied and fearful avoidance respond to actions. Like words hurt from the DA perspective, and actions tend to hurt from the, you know, somebody pulls away, it hurts the FA or the AA more. So with that being said, what you want to take a look at is, okay, I know that criticism is a sensitive thing and sometimes dismissive avoidance are quick to take things personally. So if I say to a dismissive avoidant directly, hey, I think you need to look up attachment theory and you're probably a dismissive avoidant attachment style, they're going to go, you think something's wrong with me. They're going to feel shamed. They're going to feel hurt by that. And they're going to withdraw most likely, right? It won't always be the case, but largely. But if dismissive avoidance, you know, don't feel, and dismissive avoidance are also a little, you know, shy about being seen or being too vulnerable or, or somebody recognizing their patterns and being too direct. It doesn't It makes them feel outside of their comfort zone again. So you want to basically have a conversation to like capitalize on the need for learning but also to avoid the wounds that could come up by saying you're this attachment style you have these patterns and because DAs will often feel like oh my gosh you think something is wrong with me or you think I'm incapable of operating in a relationship healthily. and that can be a very sensitive topic for DAs as well. So what you would like to do here in this situation is take a look Um, And and often say something like, oh, I am learning about attachment theory. It's so interesting. This is what I am because it's not making it about them and being too vulnerable and in their feelings. Right. And, and then saying, you know, what do you think you are? Here's what they are. This is what I'm learning. This is how it applies to life. It applies not just to relationships, but also to other areas of life, like our career relationships, what we believe about ourselves in our career, you know, all these different dynamics at play, um, our family dynamics. And so you want to have a conversation that's touching on those things. And that's the ideal way. Um, I've seen a lot of people over time, try to have the conversation with somebody else. And if they're too direct or they're saying something, it it can be personalized. And then the person doesn't want to talk about attachment theory ever um, or their attachment style ever. So this can be really helpful. And you're letting them figure it out for themselves. DAs often enjoy learning, find patterns interesting. And if you really position it in that way, then that's very healthy. Now, with all of this being said, um, the intention of this is not to um, do the work for both people. It's not to like get somebody and always be doing the work for the person to be able to buy in there's a certain consideration that happens when we take somebody else into consideration with their needs, with their wounds, and then position things that way to them in a way that's like digestible for them, makes sense to them. There's a certain amount of like just courtesy in doing that. Um, but we don't want to be walking on eggshells either. And so it's important that, you know, if you're trying to have this conversation and it's not happening, or the person's not open to it anyways, or they dismiss it, or they're not ready to emotionally work on themselves, you have to sort of check in with yourself and see if it's a time to potentially set a boundary in that relationship as well. So hopefully this all makes sense. I know this is like a burning question for so many people and this is sort of just a quick answer, but I know how important this is. So um, hopefully this answered that question. Let me know any other questions you have about this in the comments below. Thank you for watching. Please like share and subscribe, and I will see you in the next video.